Welcome back, everyone. I'm Tony Brown, and you're listening to Firearms Cafe, the show where we discuss the philosophies of responsible firearms ownership, as well as the relevant issues and challenges that we face in the current gun culture. Hey everybody, what's going on? Today is Saturday, it's the 18th of February 2017, and your handsome hero has once again returned to the airwaves. Let's go ahead and get our contact info out of the way, and then we'll jump in with the show. I have uh, the voicemail, which is area code 206-745-2731. Also over on the website are buttons for Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. There's a PayPal donation button there. If you would rather write an email or if you would rather record your own audio and send that to me, the email address is firearmscafe at gmail.com. All one word, firearmscafe at gmail.com. All right, enough of that nonsense. Well, when last we left off here on the old show, it was right before the election. And I tell you what, I am so glad that my... I wouldn't even say it was prediction because I was saying it was kind of close, but I I actually kind of had thought that probably we would be looking at a Hillary Clinton presidency. And I am glad that that did not come to pass. And some of you out there, you know, are going to kind of take the, the hindsight being 2020 thing and say, well, I always knew Trump was going to win, but the reality is it was going to be so close. We never, I don't think we've had such polarizing candidates in a long, long time, probably not in, uh, in, in my history meeting since I've been paying attention to this type of stuff. Uh, but anyway, a little bit behind the curtain, I have been super busy. We've had a lot of family stuff going on and I'm going to do a little bit of a show on that. And part of it has to do with some uh, members of our family who are going through some dementia and Alzheimer's stuff. But I think I'm going to do a show on that over at The Armed Ape. So look for maybe that to come out probably sometime in this coming week. So the week of the of the 19th through uh, the 25th of February. Hopefully I'll be able to get something out on that. And I kind of went back and forth on, mm, should I do this? Is it, you know, kind of doing too much? But I think that some of the experiences and some of the things that we've gone through, maybe if nothing else can help somebody who's maybe just starting kind of that process or who's going through it or, or maybe somebody who's already gone through it. And at least you, you sort of know somebody, you know, kind of internet know somebody, I guess, in my case uh, with me that who, whose family is going through that stuff as well. So anyway, getting back to old Trumpenstein, I am glad that he won. I disagree with the guy on a lot of stuff. I don't, in some ways, he is sort of this loose cannon, uh, and some people like that, some people don't. Uh, some of the policy stuff that I disagree with him on is, of course, on the war on drugs. I think he's pro-war on drugs. I think he is pro, so uh, I guess maybe pro kind of militarization of the police or, exp- or expanding police powers without looking at actual, doing actual reform. So this whole deal with the stop and frisk, the whole thing with asset forfeiture uh, before there's been conviction, uh, that stuff I I do disagree with quite a bit. Uh, As many of you guys know, I'm libertarian in a lot of my 
political philosophies, although I'm not too enamored of, of the party system, the Libertarian Party, Republican Party, whatever party. Parties always want power and always want to gain influence and, uh, and that type of thing. So not too enamored with that. So I, I guess, you know, the question that now that we have Trump in there, that we kind of dodged a bullet, no pun intended, uh, by not having Hillary Clinton in the office, we don't necessarily have somebody in there who is actively seeking to come after us as a culture, as a gun culture. And what are we going to do now that we have somebody who is a supposed ally? I haven't seen a lot as of today's date that he has done uh, specifically to sort of protect us. I haven't seen him do really anything to hurt us. And some would argue, well, look, you know, some of these uh, confirmation things, he had Wayne LaPierre at the table. He went and spoke to the NRA prior. And that's all good stuff. But what we want to see is, is he going to be a guy who actually helps us? Or is he just going to be a person who that at the end of four years or, you know, if it, if it ends up going eight years, it, you know, is he a person that didn't do anything to harm us? And I would much rather, hopefully he will do stuff that actually helps us. Uh, very specific things. I know a lot of people are talking about the Hearing Protection Act and that there may be some changes in the ATF. Uh, again, a lot of this stuff is kind of hearsay. A lot of this stuff is, well, we think it's going to happen. I do think that there will probably be something that comes about with suppressors. I don't know if we'll see that this year or if we'll see it next year. Uh, we also are going to have kind of midterm election stuff coming up in in 2018. So we'll see whether the Republicans will control stuff or not, whether they'll lose some stuff. But I have I a little bit of an aside, and we'll kind of come back to some of the gun stuff here in a second. But I have not seen this sort of level of hysteria. And I, I, I'm sure part of it is the news kind of drums it up and this and that. But it's it's kind of crazy how histrionic people are getting and how over over the top and over the deep end people are going. So now look, there were there. It's funny whenever your team is sort of up to bat. That's when everybody says, you know, uh, a couple years ago, dissent was patriotism. Now, again, dissent is, you know, you should just shut your mouth and move on and, and agree and agree that this is our president. We just got to make the best of it. So it depends. And I think that most people, most people aren't to the, to the far extremes, to the right or to the left. Uh, and it seems that people either, and on the extremes, that's what we see, is people either just hate this guy, want him to actually be killed, or they're going the other extreme where Trump is the best thing since sliced bread. He's, you know, he he's the closest thing to God on earth and he's going to make everything better and he'll, you know, open up his arms and the blessings will just flow out and everything's going to be fantastic and wonderful. We're going to live in a utopia. But I think most people are are kind of like me who are like, well, I like some of the stuff that he does. I don't like some of the stuff that he does. Hopefully, hopefully he'll do a good job and hopefully the country will be stronger when he leaves office rather than weaker. So we'll have to see on that. But again, 
kind of getting back to what is he going to do for us as as gun owners and I don't know I'm hoping that maybe suppressors get taken off the uh, NFA registry if not taken off maybe they get knocked down to the price is only like a five dollar tax if you have to have a tax stamp it's only a five dollar I'd like to see things changed with how short barrel rifles I don't think they need to be registered at all. It's 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 a ridiculous thing. I think those should be taken off. If not, though, the regulations on them should be lessened quite a bit. I'd like to see a lot of the import bans uh, lessened. I'd like to see two things where, you know, if you have an AK or if you have a certain rifle that comes from uh, another country, you have to have so many American parts, which is ridiculous. Uh, we don't need to have anything like that. Uh, but getting kind of back to some of the rifles with the short barrel rifles and things like that, I'd like to see maybe some of that stuff again, if it doesn't come off the list all altogether, that it just goes to, it's a $5 tax stamp and you can take it across state lines. You can do all this stuff. I'd like to see some of the, you know, the need for the trusts and all that stuff to be kind of thrown out the window. And I guess this, a lot of this stuff would be pie in the sky. Uh, the one thing that it does look like is going to happen is with some of uh, his appointments. Uh, if we look at who he's got for Supreme Court, who and I think um, Neil Gorsh, I think that's how you say his last name, but I could be mistaken. But anyway, I think his confirmation hearings are set to start in March, and I'm not exactly sure when in March. I think there'll be kind of a lot of huffing and puffing and this and that, but I think eventually he'll get in. And I think what that means for us as gun owners is at least we've got a, a fighting chance that if this stuff kind of comes up and makes it up to the Supreme Court, that we'll probably get stuff ruled in our favor. Also, the the other judges, some may, may uh, not make it. And he may be able to shift the balance of, of uh, from cons- from. Uh, heavier more into the conservative era or or column excuse me is that a great thing yeah i mean for as a gun owner generally yeah generally the more liberal judges don't are are anti-gun and so the more conservatives we get on the supreme court bench the better it's going to be for us unfortunately what's what's happened over time is that we sort of have abdicated a lot of our rights to the supreme court when what we should be doing is saying, no, you cannot say, because the, the way that our government was set up is we as, as uh, citizens are sovereign and that we have certain rights that you cannot touch. It doesn't matter what you think as a Supreme Court. It doesn't matter what you think as a legislative body. It doesn't matter what you think as the executive body. You cannot take certain things from us. And unfortunately, that's why a lot of the a lot of the Supreme Court stuff, unfortunately, kind of matters, is because we kind of have abdicated a lot of our natural rights or natural authority that we have to to make our own decisions and to control ourselves and 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 to control what kind of property we're going to have, private property, that type of thing. To where it actually does kind of matter who's on the Supreme Court. It does sort of matter who's in the White House. It does matter who's in Congress. It does matter who's 
our, who, who our local sheriffs are. It matters who our local police chiefs are. It matters who our mayors are. And it, it really shouldn't matter all that much as far as certain things are concerned, especially when we look at guns. Now, one of the things he had talked about, getting, kind of getting back to Trump, is he had talked about the gun-free zones, that he wants to get rid of those. Will that happen? Uh, I don't know. Will he lessen some of the, the federal stuff on that? I, I don't know. I'd like to see him to to get rid of some of those restrictions. I'd like to see him also get rid of and lessen some of the uh, the paperwork that we've got to fill out, like I was talking about the trusts and things like that before. But uh, again, there's also things like national reciprocity. Is Will he try and do a thing where he kind of spearheads uh, a movement to make it to where as long as you have a permit from, you know, from whatever state you reside in. And and if you'll go to another state, you can have your firearm with you. Uh, Or would it be some type of a federal thing, which I really wouldn't be too fond of, but anything would sort of be a, a, maybe baby steps in the right direction. So go ahead and let me know what you guys think. I know I don't get much feedback just because I put the shows out at such a random interval and that's my fault, but I would love to hear what you guys think or feel about why you think Trump's going to be good for us as a culture, why you think he's going to be bad for us. And it can be just as a culture in general, or it can, it can be on gun culture as well, you know, specifically on gun culture. So speaking of guns, I've talked before on the show about how my eyesight is not what it once was. As my prescription has changed, I have trouble sort of seeing the sights. I can, I can push, when I push out the gun, I can see the sights, they're fine, but they're kind of a blur. I can still kind of make the distinction, but I do not have a crisp sight picture anymore. Also, the way that my current prescription is, I have the, uh, what are they called, like transitions or whatever, anyway, where you, like the top part of the lens is for distance, the middle part is for middle, and then the bottom part is for reading. Now with me, I'm nearsighted. Generally, I can I can uh, read and do things like that unless it's really super fine print. I don't generally have too much of a problem with that. But I've talked about before in the past, I've gone to the range and I've actually taken reading glasses and I can kind of cant them over my, the right lens. And I can at least get a good crisp sight picture that way that the target of course becomes blurry. But one of the things that I've been very, very interested in, and one of the things that makes a lot of sense to me are red dots on pistols. Yeah, it is not cheap to get into that. So either you have to send your your slide off to somebody who can mill it out for you and hopefully they know what they're doing or you can buy something that is ready for that but then you still have to you still have to buy your red dot there are some maybe pluses and minuses to them i have not shot one yet i've shot red dots on rifles but i've never shot one on a pistol but if it's anything even if it's even if it's remotely similar to how it would work on a rifle, which I would I would have reason to believe that it would, I think that for me and for my eyesight and for how how it would work for me, I think that it would it would be something that could be a real um, a real aid in getting those rounds on target if I ever have to, and not and not 
just in a self-defense situation, but just going to the range, just being able to practice and being able to train. Uh, also, another thing is usually you want to get different sights, iron sights, so you still have those for kind of backup or whatever. So we'll we'll kind of see on that. Like I said, the 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 uh, entry fee on that is quite high, and then I have to decide too. I've talked before about that I have the HK VP9. And I really like the ergonomics of that gun. And I found online, and I've done a little bit of research on a company, a couple of companies out there that actually do it. There's one called uh, Ash, Ashbury Precision Ordnance, I think is what they are called. And I'm not exactly sure where they're located out of. Uh, but they at least are doing stuff on the HK pistol. So they have experience with milling them out and they install them, but it's around. So let's say you send it to them. And if you've got your sights already, so you've already got maybe suppressor height sights on there, and then you send them your RMR, it's probably around, oh, I don't know, around 300 and some odd dollars probably to get it done. If you were buying everything from them, depending on which red dot you would want to go, uh, go for, and the sites and stuff like that, then, you know, you're looking at probably maybe six, $700 at, at a minimum, I would think, because you're, well, you would probably be looking closer to a, like 800, really 800 to a thousand, maybe because your RMR, if you go with a Trigicon, which is what I would want to go with, they're probably going to be around like 400 bucks. Your, if, um, your suppressor sites, depending on what you buy, are going to be another probably $100 or so. So you're at $500 there. And then if they're doing, you know, $300 or so just to cut the slide and to install it and do all this other stuff, you know, you're, you're looking anywhere probably from, again, around 800 maybe to a, th- you know, to a thousand, depending on who's going to do it. So just in that range. So anyway, um, I got to take a quick break here, which will just be a couple of seconds for you. But I'm, and I'll come back and I'll talk a little bit more about the uh, the red dot stuff, and hopefully I'll be able to get the show out uh, later today, if not today, maybe hopefully tomorrow on Sunday. So you guys may actually get the uh, the feed on Sunday. Hey guys, it's 24 hours later and I am back. Now for me, when I last left off, we were talking about prices for the RMR. Realistically, there's a couple of different ways you can go. If you've got a Glock pistol, there are options out there where you can buy a complete package. And you can get a, if you go with somebody like Suarez International for around probably you know, a thousand to thirteen hundred dollars. You can get a separate actual slide that's already been milled and that would just fit onto your Glock that has all the barrel and the internals and maybe a threaded barrel for suppressor and the sights and the RMR already done for probably around like thirteen hundred dollars. Or you can send in your slide, have them do the work, and if you wanted to buy their package where you get their, uh, again, their RMR and their sites, what they're going to put on there, they'll do the work for you. Probably going to be around $800 or so. And that would maybe be assuming you have your uh, uh, 
Of course, you would have your own barrel and your internals are already there since you're using a factory slide. You may or may not already have a aftermarket threaded barrel. I happen to have for the Glock 17, I have a Lone Wolf threaded barrel. So, and I, I did, I bought that a while back, sort of pre-planning that I would eventually one day have a suppressor. Oh, kind of suppressor news for me. My suppressors are still basically in suppressor jail. We'll, we are waiting on just the tax stamps to come back from ATF, and then I'll be able to go and pick those up. But I am not expecting those to come back for me probably at least until this summer. So I've got at least another maybe four to six months. And realistically, I don't know, it may even get into October or November just because of the sheer volume of stuff that that got sent in prior to uh, the rule chain with the with the uh, with the trusts and how you're going to do this that and the other thing with ATF paperwork. Uh, so anyway, for me, what I will probably end up doing is I will buy things kind of kind of piecemeal here and there. So I will probably end up getting suppressor sites first because those will be sort of the cheapest thing. And then a little bit later, I'll get a RMR. I'll probably get the Trig. I'll get one of the Trigicons, which one I don't know yet. And then we'll go from there. And let's say that I, I get the RMR and I absolutely just hate it, or it just, for whatever reason, it doesn't work for me. I don't envision that being the case, but let's say that that is the case. It's something that I think I could easily sell and get my money back on it. But uh, again, the the prices of those RMRs range anywhere from about probably minimum of about four hundred and fifty dollars all the way up to seven hundred and something. So, if anybody out there has any experience with that, go ahead and send me some feedback. Let me know kind of what you thought of it. Let me know sort of, especially if you've had experience, what pros or cons, or if you have friends that have it, what have they said, that type of stuff. Uh, as I go through this, I'll, I'll keep you guys posted on sort of my journey with the RMR. But for me, it makes a lot of sense. And especially now, as, as my eyesight is changing, it's, it seems to be something that would make a lot of sense for me. And I think that is something that as time goes on, probably three or four years, maybe five years from now, it's going to be pretty standard, uh, you know, unless there's some, you know, some new thing that comes up. But I think that it does, it does kind of make a lot of sense. You know, when you look at the optics on rifles and just the, the, uh, oh, it's not necessarily convenience, but if you use them right, it can, it's a, it's a good shooting aid for you, I guess I should say. So at least I've noticed that with some of the optics that I've had. On, on the rifle. So I've got an Aimpoint Pro. And then I also have that Trigicon that I told you guys about. The Trigicon that I have is, is um, it's the model where it has like two bars that go straight up and then it's got like a red triangle on there. Uh, so you, and it's a, um, a one by four. So it's kind of a little bit kind of, of a, almost like a red dot. And then also having like a magnified adjustable scope as well. So, and originally I think it was set up under that, oh, what do they call it? Like Binden aiming concept or something where basically it lets you use both eyes so you can focus on stuff downrange. And in my case, let's say your left eye would be kind of looking 
long ways off. And then when you're going to make the shot, the theory is, is that your right eye takes over and you look into the magnification then at that point, but you can still follow the game uh, or your target or whatever from a distance to where you don't get just focused down into that little, little bitty sight picture that the scope gives you. You It gives you kind of a wider field of view. Uh, so also, well, speaking of kind of rifles, I was going to also talk about some of the stuff that both my wife and I want to do. And we're, we're looking into doing some, maybe some javelina hunting. Uh, eventually what I'd like to do is there's a guy that I'm Facebook friends with down in Texas. And I'd like to, he and another friend, uh, Ken, who you guys have heard on the show and heard on Arn, Armed Ape a lot. Uh, he and I have talked about, and it's all real tentative, but we've talked about maybe going down, coming, going down to Texas and meeting up with him and maybe seeing if we can't get a, uh, a hog hunt going. And I said it like we haven't really made strong plans, but it's something that I'd like to do maybe within the next year or two. I don't know if I'll get to be able to do it this year, but, uh, uh, definitely I'm going to do that. I also am, I want to do some predator hunting. There are some really good groups out here in Arizona where I live, and I'm going to start going to those meetings uh, and start doing some of that, maybe start doing some coyote and fox and things like that. So anyway, um, what else did I want to talk about today? I also am going to try and do some of the uh, two-gun matches that are down in Tucson. Uh, if any of you guys watch any of the um, in-range TV stuff with Ian and Carl, I'm going to maybe go down and try and do some of those matches. It's not that big a deal for me to, to drive down there. And what, we, what I may do is take my family down there with me. We'd go down on a Friday night or something, uh, get a hotel and then while I'm off doing that in the morning they can be around goofing around in Tucson and then after I'm done then you know we could just drive back up uh, the distance from me from where I live down to there it's not that far it's just a couple hours and you're and you're right there so uh, I may want to give those I think they do their matches on the th- oh is it the third is it the third Saturday I want I think it's the third Saturday each month they do that. There's also some stuff out here that I've talked with my wife and with my daughter, and they, I think, are keen to do it. They have some of the uh, 22 long rifle uh, matches out here where you do steals, and there's a, there's a couple of clubs out here that we're going to start going to, some of the shooting ranges where they do some of that stuff. And so we're going to start that up. And uh, a lot of those, especially with the 22 matches, are kind of almost... They're sort of like your starter matches to maybe get you into some different type of competition. So I guess the long and short of what I've been saying is that I am planning on trying to do some more competition. I'm going to hopefully be able to drag my wife and daughter to some of those and see if they can have some fun with it. I'm also planning to do some uh, some training this year. I would love to be able to take some classes from uh, Daniel Shaw. I don't know if I'll be able to swing that or not. Like I said, I'd, I'd really like to be able to do that. Uh, I'd like to be able to take some training for from him sometime in the future, perhaps as he travels and if I can kind of keep up with him on Facebook and stuff. I would definitely like to take uh, a pistol class from him and maybe a carbine class as well. Uh, now, in the past, I'd, speaking of carbines, I talked about 
I wanted to do a build a, a, a short barrel rifle. I still have plans for that. I have a a uh, a receiver that I bought a while back, and then I still need to buy a lower parts kits for that. But then I'll, I'll kind of slowly build that up, and then once I get that some of that stuff done, that's when I'll go ahead and maybe send in the the paperwork with the uh, ATF. But of course. One of the things with the new rules, and I, I talked about this on a previous show, is they're saying that for every single thing that you do, you have to get fingerprinted, you have to have the photos taken, and of course you have to you have to send in a copy each time of your trust. What I wish would happen with even if nothing, even if the trusts and things like that don't go away, I'd like to see with the Trump administration where the ATF says, okay, we all we need is one copy of your trust, and then we'll just give you a reference number. And it'll be something that you can fill in online. And then once your check clears, we then mail you out a, uh, we mail you out the tax stamp. There's no reason that it should take so long. They've overcomplicated this, this system. And in fact, they should just pretty much do away with it. The fact that we have to jump through all these hoops and that there's all this different nonsense for, oh, this is a brace, or I'm not going to shoulder, or I'm going to cheek it, or if I cheek the the buffer tube, well, on, on a on a on a quote unquote pistol, it's just it's ridiculous. We really the the ATF, especially with um, with a lot of this stuff with short barrel rifles, with having the ability to add a stock maybe to your pistol. You know, uh, with with the Glocks, they have several things out there where you can add. Oh. Well, it, well, you guys know they've got tons of stuff out there for Glocks that you can adapt them for to put a stock on them, and they've got that. They've got the one thing, and I can't remember the name of the thing. I'm gonna think about it here. Um, they have a. It's like it kind of looks like almost like a, like the letter D. And it's a little thing that it slides in and it has like a, a, an adapter that your slot could slide in, slide in onto that. Um, and I forget the name of the company that actually makes it. Endo, that's it. Endo, there's an Endo adapter and it, the adapter itself, I think, as long as you don't put the actual stock onto that adapter, you can get the adapter and it's not that big a deal. And I can't remember how much they cost, but you know, a lot, you know, stuff like that. We should be able to do that and take that and put that on and off a pistol, especially you know when you think about if you wanted to hunt with a pistol, especially something like maybe like a ten millimeter, um, or if you just even if you just wanted to have fun at the range or for going out, it would make a handy little, almost like a little carbine, kind of, kind of not, I guess, I don't know. Um, but, you know, again, it's still, whether you're just putting that little stock on there, it's, let's face it, it's still just a pistol. It's not a rifle at that point. And to, to have to jump through the hoops and pretend to call it that stuff is ridiculous in my point of view. Anyway, um, I think that's about it for the show today. Uh, and kind of a little bit of a recap. I, I will keep you guys informed on how I'm going to do with the with the RMR, sort of what I go through and, and kind of what I learned with that. Hopefully, like I said, with Trump, I, I don't have anything against the guy. I, I'm not I'm not his biggest enemy. I'm not his biggest fan. I just hope that he does something and can get some stuff that actually helps us as as uh, gun owners. Uh, 
uh, going, you know, kind of going forward. Uh, I am, and I don't know how, even how I could make this work. And I don't even know if it would technically even be legal, but I do have uh, some guns that I'm going to try and be selling uh, in order to pay for some of this RMR stuff uh, that I'm going to want to do. So, uh, and I'll talk to you guys more about that stuff in a little bit, what I'm actually looking to sell, what I have. And uh, if there's anybody who's out here in Arizona who would, if they were in the market for that particular thing, I can probably give you a pretty, uh, a good fair deal on it. If not, I'll try and maybe drag it down to the gun shows that we have here uh, within the next maybe couple of weeks. I'll, I'll be able to get down to the gun show and, uh, and see if I can't sell them down there. So. Uh, and for some of you guys that don't know on kind of on that note, Arizona is a state where you can still do private sales. The way that the law works out here is that as long as you have no suspicion that that person would be a prohibited possessor or that that person is buying the gun for somebody else. So as long as you think that they would be legally buying it, you can go ahead and sell them. And then there's no, there's not necessarily any paperwork. And you, at that point, you've done your due diligence. In stuff that I've sold and bought in the past, uh, I'll either want somebody either to show me that they've got a CCW permit out here or they'll just do a bill of sale, which we've done. And then you just kind of keep that paperwork for your records if you want to. I have never heard of the private sale going to where it, it gets traced back to where it was you know, used in a crime or something like that. Has it probably happened? Sure. Has there, has it been traced back to where it comes back to somebody else, to the, the, the person who maybe originally sold it? Uh, again, you're, you're covered under the law as long as you did sort of your due diligence and you're like, well, I had no reason to believe that this guy didn't, you know, couldn't legally possess the firearm that I sold this, that, and the other thing. So, all right, well, that is it. And, uh, glad to be back with you guys. Let me know, again, if you've had any experience with the RMRs, pros, cons, things like that. Also, let me know what you think of Trump. What What do you think he's going to do for us in the Second Amendment community? What do you think he's going to do for us just in general? All right, I'll talk to you next time.